This is the Passive Real Estate Podcast, the premier podcast for passive real estate investors. Matt Jones interviews experienced passive investors who share their industry secrets and active investors who show you different ways to invest passively. Welcome back to the Passive Real Estate Podcast. I'm Matt Jones, and today I'm going to be talking about passively investing in Section 8 housing. You see, the people I know who invest in Section 8, you know, they either love it because there's lots of great qualities or you know they've had a bad experience and they just absolutely hate it because of negative aspects to it. But today I'm going to be talking about the ins and outs of what you as a passive real estate investor need to know if you were to invest with a, a syndication sponsor or somebody who is doing the active role with the Section 8 housing on your behalf. So even if you are owning the property directly and just hire a property manager to oversee it, you want to be as passive as possible with that. So this is a good episode for that as well. Because I mean, Section 8... While it does have its, uh, certain flaws, it does provide opportunities for people to live in better situations than they could otherwise and provide some stable income for the landlords as well. So let me start with the basics, though. Section 8 housing, it's a, uh, you know, as you probably know, it's a government sponsored assistance program in the U.S. It was established way back in 1937 under the Housing Act, and it aims to assist low income families elderly people, as well as people who have disabilities to find safe and decent housing options. And a key component of it is issuing housing vouchers to eligible participants. And those vouchers will cover a portion of the rent. And that amount is determined based on the family or person's income and as well as on the local housing market. And this enables people to afford housing in areas that they might not otherwise be able to. Section 8 is available through both uh, public housing authorities, as well as private landlords, such as myself and probably yourself. So, uh, you know, public housing authorities will manage properties owned by the government, while the Housing Choice Voucher Program under Section 8 will allow residents to rent from private landlords who are willing to accept those vouchers. And uh, if you're looking to do this, you know, for a property of yours to be eligible for Section 8, it must meet certain housing quality standards set by the uh, Department of uh, HUD or Housing and Urban uh, Development. And these standards are meant to ensure that the housing is safe, sanitor or sanitary and suitable for the habitation of people. You know, granted, I could get on a whole uh, side tangent about regulations from the government and, and whether they're, you know, you know, achieving, I guess, what their intended goals are or not. But I'm not going to go down that road just, just at this moment. So I'm just going to keep talking about Section 8. And people interested in Section 8 have to apply through their local public uh, housing authority. And that application is uh, you know, typically going to involve providing detailed financial and, and personal information to determine their eligibility. And now, uh, due to high demand, I, I mean, nationwide for affordable housing, there's just a shortage for it all around. So many areas are going to have long waiting lists for Section 8 vouchers for people. And that waiting time will vary significantly based on the location, as well as the availability of vouchers at that particular time. And while Section 8 will, it will provide critical support for people who actually need it, uh, residents are still responsible for paying a portion of their rent on time and abiding by the terms of the lease and also maintain the property in good condition. Just because somebody's on Section 8 doesn't mean that they can run amok and, and have wild parties and just destroy your property. And landlords who choose to participate in the Section 8 program, 
you know, can benefit from guaranteed income and a potentially wider pool of eligible residents at the same time. However, you know, the landlords must also adhere to the program regulations and maintain the properties to HUD's standards. I think there's you know, often misconceptions surrounding Section 8 housing and its residents. So it's important to dis uh, dispel uh, stereotypes as well as recognize that the program serves a diverse you know, group of individuals and families facing a temporary financial hardships. So Section 8 housing does play a crucial role in reducing homelessness and providing stability for people. By offering affordable housing options, the program continues to be you know, stronger or to create stronger and more resilient uh, communities. So imagine a world where your rental income is, you know, from your residence is consistent and predictable. I mean, that's a beautiful thing. That's what we all want as real estate investors. And that's where Section 8 housing can you know, appeal to a lot of investors because with the government assistance covered or covering a portion of that rent, you can count on a reliable monthly income that can help stabilize your investment portfolio. Vacancies, you know, can be a real headache for investors, but Section 8 can, you know, tend to experience lower vacancy rates due to the high demand for affordable housing. So this means fewer periods of lost income and more stability for your investment. And filling vacancies really can be a time-consuming process. You know, I, I'm working with uh, property management, and it's it's a pain. It's it's uh, costly and timely. But uh, with Section 8, you can have a built-in demand, essentially. And the waiting list for those housing vouchers means that potential residents are actively seeking to live at your properties. And investing in Section 8 housing isn't just about dollars and cents, because you're also providing some safe and affordable housing and you're contributing to your community's well-being and helping families in need. So really, it's kind of a win-win for everybody. You're making money, but you're also providing a good service for people who need it. You know, stable long-term residents are really a dream. Like, like you know, those, having those good residents that, that pay on time and are stable and not trash in the place, that's what we want as landlords. And Section 8 uh, residents often stay in their homes for a long period of time, which means fewer turnovers and the associated costs with turning the units. Uh, Section 8 uh, serves a diverse range of individuals and families. It can expand your potential resident pool and reduce the risk of relying on a specific demographic. So if you're like only going for, or like you're, if you're only advertising to a specific demographic, for example, like if you're advertising to a wider range, then you get more potential applicants for your vacancies. And in many cases, Section 8 rents can be competitive and even a little bit more than market rates. And this means you can generate those solid returns while still providing the affordable housing for people. Building uh, stronger relationships with like the local housing authorities can offer you valuable support and guidance as you navigate through the world of Section 8 housing. And so I would say if you've never done it before, you can just jump in. Uh, I would advise actually, you know, investing with somebody who already knows what they're doing. Like my friend uh, Ryan Schroeder over in Minneapolis, like he has a, a property management company that specializes in supporting landlords who have Section 8. And I, I, you know, I actually interviewed him a while back on the podcast here, and he has a really good story about essentially how he finds properties in suburbs that are nice, and then finds Section Eight uh, tenants to live in those properties, and they're just so 
grateful to be in a good situation finally for their families that they don't want to screw it up. So they're, you know, being very meticulous about paying their rent on time and treating the place well. So he's one of those people that have a great experience. So if you want to learn more about Section 8 or, or want to look at potentially investing in Section 8 in uh, Minneapolis and St. Paul area, I would say reach out to Ryan Schroeder. Uh, you can ask me, I'll, I'll give you his contact information as well. But anyway, um, you know, with real estate, you know, it goes up, it goes down and economic downturns are, are going to happen sooner or later. I don't know when we're going to have the next one. Maybe soon, maybe a long time, I don't know, but they can really impact. But however, with Section 8 housing, your investments are uh, going to be partially insulated by that government assistance and the ongoing demand for the affordable housing. All right, so next, I want to talk about uh, how to mitigate the risks that are involved with Section 8, because it's not all sunshine and roses. And But before we uh, delve into those strategies for mitigating risk, you know, let's remember that the old, age-old principle that higher rewards often come with higher risks. So Section 8 housing really is no different. And while the benefits are substantial, it's crucial to be aware of those potential pitfalls. The uh, foundation of success with Section 8 housing investing, I would say, comes down to resident screening. If you're just accepting anybody with a Section 8 housing voucher, then you're just asking for trouble, you know. So uh, whether you or your property management company or whoever is running the real estate syndication, if you're investing that way, who's ever in charge of doing the screening has to do thorough background checks, assess the rental history, you know, evictions and and you know how well they've treated properties in the past and communicate clearly with potential residents to ensure that they are a good fit for your property. You know, uh, regular property inspections are really non-negotiable. You need to be, um, I would say on those like monthly uh, would be ideal to have a maintenance person just walk through each unit, just kind of like a, a proactive thing to see, of course, if there's any leaks or uh, repairs that needed are needed, but also to see like, are there more people that are living in the unit that should be, or do they have a pet that they're not supposed to, or are they treating the place like garbage and and uh, like you know punching holes in the wall and stuff? So yeah, and also this is essential for Section Eight because ensuring your property complies with those housing quality standards I mentioned earlier, that helps prevent disruptions in your rent payments and maintains your investment's value. So clear and open communication with your residents is really essential. Uh, you know, address those issues promptly if you know if and when they happen, and maintain a professional relationship to prevent any misunderstandings that could lead to problems down the line. So you know, for example, don't treat your re Section Eight uh, residents any different than anyone else. Uh, you know, they're they're your residents, they're your customers, and and so they deserve respect. Uh, you know, even though they're getting a government assistance for part of their rent, uh, they're still your residents nonetheless. And uh, I, I really strongly recommend enlisting the help of a professional property management company that can help alleviate many of those risks. So like, especially a property management company that is well-versed in Section 8 housing, because they're going to handle those resident relations, the maintenance, and the legal matters, which will allow you to focus more on the passive nature of your investment. Uh, however, if you're just passively investing into a syndication, so then your the syndication spots sponsor should be doing all that and making sure that whatever property management company that they've hired, whether it's, you know, internal to their company or, or a third party, that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing with the Section 8. And uh, so whoever's in charge really needs to understand and adhere to the laws and regulations governing, governing Section 8 housing. You know, this comes from like lease agreements to fair housing practices, 
uh, you know, staying in compliance with the, is going to be a critical aspect of managing the risk involved. So another thing is you got to be prepared for unexpected expenses. And that's even if you don't take Section 8 housing, that's I would say is great advice. So you got to have a financial cushion to, to some reserves to ensure that you can cover those unexpected maintenance and repairs and, and potential vacancies without jeopardizing the investment stability. So any anyone who doesn't uh, have that kind of nest egg ready to handle those unexpected things is just asking for trouble. And that's whether you have Section 8 or not, that's, that's going to be the case. So and with any investment strategy, I would say uh, diversifying is a, a key factor. So don't put all your eggs in one basket is what I mean. Don't have only Section 8 residents. Consider having a mix of Section 8 as well as non-Section 8 properties to spread out your risk. And stay informed about the changes in local regulations, market conditions, and economic trends. So being proactive and adapting is a crucial thing for managing risk with Section 8, or again, anything else really. Uh, so regularly assess whether the risk-reward balance aligns with what your investment goals are with uh, Section 8. And remember that risk management isn't about like eliminating the risks, because you're not going to ever be able to do that entirely. It's more about making informed decisions. And just like any real estate, location matters. You know, like what, what are the top three rules of real estate? Location, location, location. Uh, so consider neighborhoods with high demand for affordable housing and low vac vacancy rates. Research the local housing authority's payment standards to ensure that your rental income aligns with the market. You know, you don't want to be shortchanged on uh, what Section 8 is paying in that particular area versus what you can get on market rate uh, from another resident. And also build a positive relationship with your local housing authority, like I mentioned earlier, is key to successful Section 8 housing, because they're going to guide you through the, those program regulations, provide you support and all the, those other insights as well. So many passive investors opt to work uh, with uh, property management companies. Again, I highly recommend that. You can certainly do it on your own. Uh, but then you're not really passive. You know, you don't expect the real estate to be passive at all if you're directly managing your residents, you know, whether they're housing or Section 8 or not. So uh, having a third-party property management or even better yet, an asset manager who oversees the property manager, uh, you know, who, who then is overseeing the residents, the more layers you have between you and the residents, the better and more likely it'll be you know passive for you. And like I mentioned before, Section 8, uh, investing isn't just about the profits. It's also about making a real difference. And by providing safe and affordable housing, you're contributing to the well-being of your community. You're making your community a better place. So, you know, I, I say, you know, I don't, I don't invest just for the money. I, I invest to provide better quality living situations for people who need it. Uh, of course, I am making money and my investors are making money. That has to happen. But uh, why, why I see no reason to provide garbage housing to people and taking advantage of them. I, I'm more, you know, like making a, a, you, what you put out into the world is what you get back is in my mind is what it is. And but also, you know, with with uh, this markets can shift. So the demand for Section 8 housing could shift as well. Uh, so you got to stay informed about what's going on in the particular market, pay close attention or have a syndication sponsor who's paying close attention for that on your behalf. And with uh, any investment, thorough research is really critical. So you got to, if you're doing anything, it, it's good to understand the program's guidelines with Section 8, understand the local market, and understand the specific needs of your potential residents before you're really diving in.
All right, some final thoughts is that uh, Section 8 housing can be a very rewarding endeavor for passive real estate investors seeking stable and community impact. So remember to educate yourself, establish strong partnerships with the housing authority, with property management, with the residents, uh, you know, if you're doing anything with the residents, but also with syndication sponsors, uh, if you're going that route as well. And also prioritize the property upkeep to ensure that there's going to be a successful and fulfilling investment journey for your capital. Well, uh, this has been great, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Subscribe to this podcast to stay updated on new episodes. Leave a review to let us know that you enjoy the content. There are tons of ways to invest in real estate that you can explore by reading Matt Jones's book called Book About Real Estate. It summarizes many top real estate books all in one. Find it on Amazon, Audible, iTunes, Google Play, or barnesandnoble.com. If you want to learn more about passive real estate investing, go to hawkwingcapital.com.